0: For more on the markets and his latest stock picks, we welcome in David Dietz, Managing Principal and Senior Portfolio Strategist at PPAC Private Wealth Management. David, great to see you. Happy New Year. Glad you're on with us because we're already getting bombarded with a lot of economic data. Uh, we've gotten in some earnings. Where, where do we stand?
1: Well, so if we look at the big picture, uh, I'm kind of pleased with the way things stand here. I mean, the market has picked up. You got that S&P up over the last 90 days, about 8%. It's up nearly 4% today. So I think there's a little bit of profit taking here. I think the BEST NEWS FOR THE MARKET IS THAT THE LONGER-DATED BONDS, FOR EXAMPLE, THE TEN YEAR, HAVE COME DOWN DRAMATICALLY. SO I THINK WHAT THE LONGER END OF THE BONDS ARE SAYING IS THAT INFLATION IS SUCH A 2022 STORY. WE SAW CONFIRMATION OF THAT TODAY WHEN WE SAW A PRODUCER PRICE INDEX DOWN 50 BASIS POINTS VERSUS EXPECTED DOWN JUST 10. Uh, WE HAD GOOD NEWS ON THE DECEMBER uh, CPI. SO WE'RE SEEING INFLATION START TO WANE. THAT'S EXACTLY WHAT THE FED WANTED, EXACTLY WHAT has been uh, predicted. I think if there's uh, two things that are causing the volatility today, well, let's say three things. One is we're still getting some hawkish talk from the Fed, and let's face it, let's give them a chance to convene uh, come February 1st and tell us exactly what they think, but certainly all the economic data is showing that they need to be less hawkish than they were just a month ago. Uh, We've seen some high profile, disturbing news, Goldman Sachs, Smith, but of course, they're not your average bank. They're very focused on the investment banking, which you know was hit hard in 2022. We had some high profile layoffs from Microsoft, 10,000 workers. We know that tax sector expanded way beyond anything reasonable during the pandemic. And I think they're uh, right sizing here. So, you know, on balance, look, recession fears are greater, but, you know, the Fed's going to factor that in February 1. Let's see what they tell us.
0: Right, understood. So at this point, what do you think the Fed is thinking? I was uh, coming through some of the, the quotes and the districts from the Fed Beige Book, and really only a few districts actually saw weaker job markets, and that's one of the goals of the Fed as they're trying to take down inflation. Um, when do you think the Fed pauses?
1: Yeah, it, it's, well, you know, I think that it's not necessarily going to be a pause, but just reduced hiking, they may get up to that 5% area. James Bullard was saying they have to get over 5%. That's a little awkward when you see the weakness just recently reported, the CPI and the PPI, and, you know, a, a big reduction in retail sales. That causes them consternation. He's just one person. He's got to get together with the group. So I think on the one hand, they're going to say, we're successful. We want to bring down inflation. It's coming down. They're also going to say, are we sure we're done? No one ever knows exactly when you're done because it's monetary policy, actually the lag. But I think they're going to send stronger message that people are thinking today, that perhaps uh, the end is closer um, uh, than we think. Um, And of course, they also realize, hey, we've got a tough job. It's just as foggy for the Fed as it is for the rest of us. You know, from an investor's point of view, um, you know, I think you're still look and want to be looking for good stocks, reasonable valuations, good dividends and buy them on days like today.
0: Right. Understood. I mean, Loretta Messer tried to make sure that people wouldn't think that the Fed might be thinking about pausing. I mean, she came out and said, um, even though the hikes are cooling inflation, that more hikes are still needed. And so they will have to continue to do these hikes in order to tame inflation.
1: Well, you know, they may be right, but the problem is no one really knows for sure because that monetary policy actually the lag. But if, 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 I think that if you ask them, let's say four months ago, would these numbers be a strong signal that they're on track with their inflation-fighting mission? I think they would say absolutely. So I think the big quarrel that the Federal Reserve has with the market is what's going to happen in the second half. The market is saying not only are they going to pause, but they're likely to cut. And of course, the dot plot, which is issued before these latest PPI figures, say absolutely not. Rates stay stay very high throughout the rest of 2023. Um, you know, I I, I think it, it, at the end of the day, um, who's right—the market or the Fed? History shows you that ultimately, you the market is right, and that's what that ten-year down to below three point four percent is telling you that inflation is getting squeezed out of the system.
0: Right, understood. Let's get to some of your names here. You have Ford, Glaxo, uh, Kroger, and AT and T. Uh, let's start with Ford.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for, of course, you know, with GM is the, the two top domestic makers. Here's what I like about Ford. First of all, they have a strong EV unit. And what I especially like is the fact that although they're still under the same corporate umbrella, they've split into separate divisions. What does that mean? From my point of view, at a certain point, you could see Ford split into two companies. I don't like to say bad Ford and good Ford, but certainly legacy, internal combustion, and new EV. If they were to do that, I think some of the parts would be much higher because people would flock and drive up that EV valuation. Second, of course, is that they have been tarred with a lot of Tesla's troubles and so forth, where Tesla is still growing very strongly, but not quite as good as had been predicted. Some troubles in China. But the fact of the matter is Ford shouldn't come down as much as Tesla because Ford doesn't have all this production in the EV. Meanwhile, of course, in a volatile market, what do you not like about a 4.7% dividend yield, uh, six times earnings? And certainly, this chip shortage that was afflicted them about a year ago, it continues to wane. So I like the outlook for Ford. Of course, it's at a 52-week low. It's down almost 50% from its high. So I think it's a good entry point.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you have Glaxo, Kroger, and AT&T. Tell me about some of those.
1: Yeah. So let me do Kroger here. So Kroger, again, is close to a 52-week low, but it's one of the leading grocers with nearly 3,000 outlets across the country. And more importantly, the number of outlets is where your market concentration is. Are you one or two in each individual market? And they are. You know, they're also big on selling uh, drugstore, pharmaceuticals, uh, gasoline, even jewelry. Uh, so that's one reason to like them. There's a lot of uncertainty now as to how the merger with Albertsons will work out. Uh, there's a lot of regulatory hurdles that have to be cleared. Some of them, they're getting passed. That will... Uh automatically vault them into even larger economies of scale and so forth. I yeah. also like the fact yeah. that they're using technology well, Omni channel, click and pick it up, click and have it delivered, go to the store you want, it. and of course, they're collecting all this data on consumers. They're very, they're becoming very data-driven, which bodes well going forward. They deserve a premium valuation and not just be at 11 times earnings.
0: All right. Thank you for that. David Dietz, PPAC Private Wealth Management. Great to see you, David. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole.